Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in collaboration with Marsh Captive Solutions. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the great steps forward being taken with regards to digitization in the management and operation of captive insurance companies. Over the next 15 minutes, I am joined by three experts from Marsh Captive Solutions. They are Mike Sericchio, Managing Director and America's Sales and Advisory Leader, who many listeners will be familiar with, Robert Welk, Senior Vice President and Director of Information Technology, and Ellen Kazaza, US Captive Advisory Practice Leader and Managing Director. The trio discuss what advances have already been made on digitization, especially with regards to the management and operation of captives, what is coming next, and how such tools and future tools can be used in program design. But first, Mike begins on why the march towards digitization is so important for captive owners and the wider captive market. Absolutely, Richard. So you're going to hear from two very much smarter colleagues than me on digitization in our technology suite and really what's going on in the marketplace. But I think digitization for captive owners and captive vendors in the industry is really different for all different types of stakeholders. If you think about it, in the last several years, we formed hundreds of captives without powerful, efficient digitization and technology systems, we just physically would not have been able to do that. We wouldn't have been able to onboard these clients. We wouldn't have been able to successfully process millions of transactions for third-party business operations like, you know, whether it's cell phone insurance or large workers' comp and property and casualty risks and everything in between. So digitization is certainly the future of where we're taking our captives and where we're helping our companies captive clients in providing them with best in class financials on a timely basis and done right the right the first way and we're way beyond kind of using spreadsheets to deliver financial statements we've got tools that make it easier simpler more efficient more compliant for our clients to run start and operate their captives and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about here today yeah, thanks, Mike. And uh, Rob, Mike touched there on particularly kind of newer captives and, and a lot of these systems being in place, which really help uh, this kind of huge onboarding of new captives over the last couple of years. But is it harder or, or more challenging at all for older captives with long legacy data and systems in place to, to make a transition to this more automated and AI-driven management systems that we're going to talk about? Yes, it can be pretty challenging to onboard a legacy captive that hasn't been historically tracking its insurance contracts, claims, and losses. The hardest part is always gathering the data as sometimes they're stored in spreadsheets, hosted as an image on a file server, or in some cases still hard copy form in a filing cabinet. We did a lot of onboarding legacy captives as part of the integration with JLT in 2019. So I know firsthand the difficulty of pulling all this information together. The good news is it's worth it. The captive can then be efficiently managed with a high degree of accuracy, but the best part is showing captive owners the analysis tools and how they can query and dissect financial underwriting data across a variety of criteria, including underwriting year, risk, insured, location, and line of business. The claims and losses can be analyzed using our built-in loss triangulation report to help them understand their captive loss histories. We know Solvency 2, Robert, has put a lot more administrative pressure on captives. Do such regulatory requirements strengthen the case for this move to digitization? Solvency 2 reporting has been a big driver for migrations from spreadsheets onto comprehensive systems like Marsh's GCMS, 
Pillar three requires as part of the overall reporting requirements, the completion of quantitative reporting templates or QRTs, and the generation of those becomes greatly simplified under a system like GCMS. We recently completed the onboarding of a European captive with 15 years of underwriting history, primarily for this Solvency II QRT requirement, but the captive owner also wanted to start tracking claims on a granular level, claim by claim, to gain a more comprehensive view of the captive's profile. Again, collating 15 years of claims data from spreadsheets was a challenge. Once the data is available, it's pretty straightforward on the technical side as we have the tools that do most of the heavy lifting. So that's, that's really interesting, particularly that example regarding that, that European captive going back 15 years, Robert. I'm wondering, obviously, Solvency 2 is, is kind of very much an EU regime, but how about across regions then? Marsh operates, obviously, in domiciles all around the world and with captive owners from even more countries again. Do different territories and cultures make adopting kind of universal technology platform a little bit more difficult or how, how do you manage to integrate those together? Yeah, there are many things to consider when deploying a single system around the world. There are different accounting standards, GAP, Solvency 2, IFRS, French GAP. There's different account, chart of account requirements, different financial report layouts, different languages, the use of decimal points and date formats, and even thousands of separators. On top of that, our clients have specific requirements as well. Things like a customized chart of account that consolidates into the parent systems, reports and extracts in specific formats, even things like custom ways they want unearned premium calculated over specific formulas for the distribution of losses in a group captive. So lots of different requirements. And we know obviously every captive is different. How do you make sure then that these tools we're talking about are relevant and useful to every captive? The key is maximum flexibility. Marsh's system is custom software. So from inception, we anticipated the requirement and we parameterized most of the setup options. GCMS has support for 180 currencies, allows customized chart of accounts with support for custom groupings and code mappings. It has 30 standard reports as well as a dozen or more specific regional reports. We also utilize a report designing tool that allows us to customize a standard financial statement to include customized layouts, specific tax calculations, date formatting languages, et cetera. Having our own proprietary system has really been key to our ability to pivot for new requirements regulatory changes, and adopt bespoke client requests. GCMS is running 1,500 insurance companies from 22 global locations. Those companies are reporting in 30 currencies and a dozen regulatory environments. You couldn't do that without a system like GCMS. So where does all this go next, do you think, Robert, in terms of fully harnessing new technology to make, make the captive management operation more and more efficient? What, what haven't you achieved yet, which you think is possibly within grasp and, and could make a significant difference? Yeah, you know, in terms of robotic accounting, about 80% of the general ledger accounting entries of our managed captives are automated via sub-ledger transactions and direct feeds. We've really been pushing the ability of GCMS to be able to receive transaction data from the parent, TPAs, investment managers, and banks, and load them directly into the ledgers. GCMS is what's called an API or an application programming interface, and that allows for system-to-system communications. So in practice, Robert, for a captive, what do you mean, what's the benefit of system-to-system? This allows, for example, the captive's parent system to connect directly to GCMS and send information to and from the subledgers. In one extreme case, a Bermuda parent is using elements of this API to add new policies, record individual claims, and make adjustments to losses. In the past 12 months, they've imported 26,000 transactions. That kind of transaction volume wouldn't be possible without automation. 
you probably wouldn't do it at all without a system like GCMS. So this type of automation is really moving the needle on what is possible in a captive structure. GCMS also has automated processes that track claims against policy limits, handle automatic recoveries from quota share reinsurance contracts, calculates unearned premiums, calculates foreign exchange revaluations, handles all the accounting for reserve adjustments, and even handles all the AML and compliance scanning in the background. Anything that requires typing is ripe for automation. We'll generally try and get data as a feed instead of formatted documents like an invoice, an investment statement, or a claims report. Many of the captive service providers are not yet in a position to upload invoice information to GCMS, so we're working with a technology that uses natural language algorithms to read documents, like invoices, and then convert them into payables in GCMS. Marsh currently processes about 40,000 payments annually for our captives under management, and 75% of those payments are raised manually. The GCMS disbursement system is already highly automated, so this additional automation will see an immediate efficiency improvement. Beyond this, we've been working with AI for analysis and decision support for captives. This really is an expansion of the tremendous benchmarking analysis engine that's already available to our captive owners. We have a benchmarking portal that allows a captive owner to compare their captive profile against their peers in eight industry benchmarks. We've started taking this one step further, teaching a specialized AI about captive structures and financials, and using the hundreds of thousands of benchmarking data points we've collected over the past decade as a lesson plan. In time, AI-driven analysis could assist Marsh Captive Advisory Team with making suggestions on additional business lines or even suggest financial strategies to optimize the captive. Fantastic. That's really good uh, insight, Robert. And it's a nice clue of what's to come. And, and Ellen, we heard there from Robert a lot about the digitization of, of captive management and operations, but he did begin to touch on some of those other areas technology can play a part. So where is the technology heading, do you think, with regards to modeling of risk and insurance programs? Yeah, I think, you know, more than ever, clients need analytics to uh, support their decision making with regard to how their captives are utilized. And I think the analytics, the critical piece that is important is helping clients not only look at the cost of risk with respect to, you know, the retained losses plus excess insurance, but taking into account the timing of cash flows uh, and the impact to the cost of capital, as well as, you know, potential tax efficiencies as well that may come into play that they can optimize uh, with their captive. In addition, I think they're also looking for an understanding if they enter into a transaction with their captive, what does that mean as far as the impact to the not only the captive financials, but their consolidated financials from a parent perspective? So, Ellen, I believe uh, Marsh are preparing to launch a new tool in this area in 2022. I think we're, I think we're not quite ready to give us a full exclusive about all of it just yet, but um, I think we should hear more about it next year. So what can you tell us about it right now and what it might be able to do for, for captive owners? Yeah, no, we're real excited. Um, we're, we're launching a new analytics platform called MCAP, which stands for Marsh Captive Analytics Platform. And, you know, the captive business over the last two to three decades has just transformed and become much more complex and and the, the potential solutions that are out there and such. And to properly um, be able to analyze those uh, more complex scenarios for clients and, and help them you know, develop pro formas and looking forward is what's driving the launch of this new platform to make sure we can take into account those new scenarios in our analytics more efficiently than we have in the past in, in our current tools that we have. And so MCAP, what it helps clients do, it um, not only looks at the uh, uh, discounted after-tax cost of an insurance program, including a captive for a client, but it does take into account those elements I mentioned earlier, 
with regard to the specific uh, impact to timing of cash flow and the tax treatment of dollars. Again, it, it, it also highlights and, and looks at how uh, a transaction from an accounting perspective will hit not only the captive's books, but also the parent and what we call the insured's books, insured being like an insured subsidiary that might be in a different country from the parent. And that process, uh, MCAP allows us, it is a global model, so it allows us to look at varying currencies where premium might be coming from, you know, 30 different countries into a captive that's based in Europe. And so, trying to, in a sense, uh, level set those dollars into a common currency. Uh, MCAP gives us the ability to do that. In addition, it helps us look at not only the uh, cost of risk elements like projected losses and, and the cost of excess insurance, but also trying to vary financial assumptions like tax rates and rates of return uh, on investments over the years, we can vary those by year, as well as captive dividends and intercompany loans. So, for example, if a client uh, may not be a current taxpayer, but three years from now they anticipate they will become a taxpayer and therefore want to take advantage of tax efficiencies with their captive, we have the ability, you know, to show that first three years, you know, assuming there is no no tax concern or considerations, where after year three, we can then build that in. So it's giving us a lot more flexibility and variability. So again, I mean, MCAP can look at not only the, the retained losses and the excess insurance, but it also allows us to look at the, the capacity that MCAP has. We can look at up to eight program options for a client. And within each program option, we can look at up to 20 risk types. And with respect to risk types, we can look at up to eight layers for each risk type. So it has the ability to look at the entire breadth of an insurance program for a client eight different ways, um, looking at varying retentions potentially, um, maybe alternative captive domiciles might be you know, a consideration, looking at alternative options for the, the tax treatment um, and the impact of that. Also looking at changing the investment strategy and what that might mean to the bottom line numbers. And then lastly, looking at varied expenses, um, depending on how the captive might be uh, utilized. For example, if a captive was looking at a risk pool or maybe a client was looking to add an additional captive into their uh, their strategy, um, we can take into account those additional expenses at a point in time when they anticipate that maybe to happen. So all those things allow MCAP to really be a tool that helps a client look forward um, maybe over the next five to 10 years and really say, you know, the, what if we do this? What if we do that? And, and actually pivot the analytic results um, so they understand the financial impact and what that means. And again, giving them more accurate data to make decisions, which is really critical in today's time. So thank you. And that's really interesting, particularly that last point regarding using uh, MCAP to kind of, yeah, assess what the different options are going forward, if a strategy is going to change or not, and what the implications might be. And, and Mike, I'm sure you'd agree that, you know, that those conversations obviously happening with captive owners a lot more at the moment as the cap are playing bigger parts in programs uh, and, and maybe looking at multiple cap strategies again or, or entering new lines of insurance. So as captives become more sophisticated and have these greater demand for data insights, how important, might do you think these tools are going to be to really smooth that process and make captives fit for purpose as they do become more sophisticated and more involved? Absolutely, Richard. So as you just heard from Robert and Ellen, without these tools, we would just be left behind. Clients want the real-time efficiency. They need data to make decisions. They want to look at their property and casualty and fronted risks coming in and their loss ratios on a dashboard. They want to have good benchmarking statistics and to inform what they may do now or even in the future. You know, the model that Ellen just talked about in terms of looking at total cost of risk on that structured type of um, you know layer-by-layer program 
is hugely important, um, let alone getting timely financial statements done. If you can't get the blocking and tackling done, you know, you might as well just pack it up. And as we bring more and more captives on board without these tools, we would just be, you know, we'd, we'd be devastated. And instead of that, we're investing more and more time, energy, money, and people into these technology tools to get it better and more efficient and, you know, more strategic for our clients now and, and certainly going into the future. Well, thank you to Mike, Robert and Ellen for a great discussion on the management of captives and how digitization is really pushing the needle on making the day-to-day operations smoother and providing greater insights than ever before. If you would like to learn more about our guests or Marsh's Captive Solutions team more broadly, then please do visit the globalcaptivepodcast.com website and visit the guests and the friend of the podcast pages. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well and see you next time captives.